An important detail for getting to where you want to go is understanding where you are currently and where you came from. These variables will determine the route that you will take to get there. Applying this to this self-growth work means that knowing and understanding your energetic and cosmic makeup is important in deciphering which characteristics are in your default blueprint, which were trained to you from your environment, and which you took on as trauma. Identifying all of these will give you a starting point for how to get to the you that you are seeking. If you enjoyed this episode, a great way to thank us is to pay it forward and maybe personally send it to a friend with a fun little message attached. Let's lean into creativity and share a message worth spreading. Speaking of creativity, Alexander and I have been working on new concepts to take this podcast to another level. And we're talking about expanding beyond just the mental level into other fun and more creative ways of expressing this work. So stay tuned in the next upcoming weeks and months for more information around that. And now relax and let's journey. Aaron and Alexander. Uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. Well, we are back in the studio again. I don't know how to bring this one in, but I do know myself, Alexander. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Welcome, everyone. And we're going to get into the Just Philosophy's view of knowing thyself and this cosmic information or astrological information and how we approach it. I think this is one of the most attractive parts of doing self-development work. It's probably where a lot of people get started utilizing things like astrology or maybe even the human design or destiny cards. I think human design is, is becoming a lot more popular nowadays. And you start to hear things about your, quote, type, and it can start to verify some feelings that you've had about yourself. Maybe you thought you were different from other people, or maybe you were even told in your life that you were wrong to think or feel certain ways, but then you start hearing these words about who you're supposed to be, and it starts verifying everything you've thought about yourself, and maybe it kind of makes you feel like you can stand more in that energy. Yeah, because it does give a certain confirmation. And whether this is Western astrology or Vedic astrology, there's many different languages. And we're not saying that the human design and the destiny card systems are any better than any of the rest of the systems. They're just the ones that I resonated with. And early on, I saw a connection that they had in my readings with people to give the most complete view from the energetic, which is heavily based in the human design, and then the personality and the higher self that's more kind of the language of the cards. It was just a phenomenal fit for me in understanding myself. And when I first got into self-development work in my late 20s, I didn't really understand what that was. 
I'd met someone that had a huge impact on me because they were able to manage their emotions. I think I've told the story in past episodes where someone came in yelling at them, very negative. It was in a professional and a job situation. And they were able to not allow it to affect them emotionally or mentally or really at all. And they even turned to me after that person left, even breaking a clipboard over their knee when the boss person left. And this gentleman turned to me and said, I'm so sorry he had to go through that. And I expressed, aren't you scared that we're going to lose our jobs? And he's like, oh, no, if he was going to fire us, he would have done that as soon as he came in. Uh, no, that's about something else. And it's not concerned with me. And it was amazing to see someone handle something in that manner. I'd never had that exemplified. And so I asked him, hey, what is this about? And he was so helpful to introduce me to Alan Watts and Yogananda and a few others, which really started my path of this dissecting that led me into loving the Sufi way and getting into Gurdjieff and Alspinsky and many different philosophers. What I was in search of was contentment. And I didn't hear a lot of people talking about that. So I was really looking for this contentment feeling, even over joy and happiness, starting to understand the rules of polarity and way I was observing nature. And so I think that bringing this all together is what has helped to create the just philosophy to utilize our cosmic makeup, which is based in our astrology, our birth makeup, which is based in the genes of our birth parents, and our environment that we grew up in, especially the first seven years of our life. Those are the three things that dictate how we perceive experiences growing up, not necessarily how they happened. And this is something very important for people to hear, is that our memories really can't be trusted because our memories were limited by the level that we have progressed. So when we remember something as an adult that happened to us at five or seven years old, most people don't understand that we were very limited in how we could see things. And the purpose of growing older is to be able to let go of those limited views, to be able to see things more fully. And sometimes people just being willing to see it from a wider view can release trauma that they have felt so crippled by, by merely changing a perception. And that's what life experiences as we get older can bring us is those experiences to reflect back on and take the opportunity to see things from a different perspective. So that became my definition of self-development is to expand this perception of whatever I'm viewing, including myself, and not to be limited by any beliefs, but to be willing to follow a thread of truth that feeds me in a way, not egoic way, but in a fulfillment of contentment. Because there's a saying that you have as peaceful of a life as when you lay down at night, how quickly you can fall asleep. Because if you live a very content, fulfilled type of life, there's nothing more that you need to do that day. There's nothing more that you need to worry about how you can present the next day. And that became my thirst and what I've been very fortunate through a lot of trauma and a lot of work and a lot of blessings from the divine to experience. And I'm very grateful and enjoy sharing with everyone. 
So we're bringing in this topic today because it is pretty important. I think we are going to place it possibly before or in the same category as the three questions for finding your authentic self because it goes along with understanding who you are energetically brought into this realm to play out your life. And if you don't know who you are, then it's hard to really build and grow from whatever your starting point is. So Alexander, how would you say the importance of knowing thyself energetically, cosmically is to doing this work? Yes. I mean, it's so much more expedient. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's better. But I guess I want to explain that understanding the planets from a vibrational standpoint is that when you are brought into birth, the planets by physics are lined a certain way. Therefore, the closer that they are to the Earth at that particular time, the more of an effect that will have from a frequency standpoint and resonance. And as the year goes on, the Earth in its distance between all these planets change Therefore, it's easy to understand that this isn't a belief system. It's actually an energetic blueprint that's given to us when we take our first breath. And then every year when that comes back around and the planets are in that alignment, you're the strongest that you're going to be in that year. And then the last three weeks or a few weeks of your birth year, many times that's when you're in your lowest lull of energy and why it's suggested to really take it easy during those last three weeks right before your birth year comes in and you get another burst of energy, so to say. And so the Destiny Card system broke this down into 52-day cycles, which really resonated with me. It helps you to understand what planet is affecting you in that 52-day cycle and how. And so that information becomes incredibly useful whether you're approaching a personal situation or you're approaching a business situation, because it's not just determined on what you want. If you're looking to be in resonance with the universe, some people say, I I look to live in the flow of life. Well, living in the flow is just that, that you understand what the universe is providing as support. And you can go against it if you want to. But over a period of time, you will find out that going with the flow is much more rewarding and easy than going whatever way that you want to go. And then bringing in the human designs aspect of it, it does highlight those energetics and how our chakras are energy centers in the human design, and there's nine of them. And depending on whether those are active, when they're active, you're affecting those people around you. And when they're non-active, it means that you're vulnerable or empathic in that area. So to know whether you are an emotional empath, for example, or not. Some people say that they're emotional empaths, but they're really empathic in another nature that they're not considering. But as long as they just think they're an emotional empath, they're going to be stuck there and they're not going to more than likely be able to overcome that. But there's actually five different types of empaths. And we're not going to get into explaining all those today, but it could be a mental empath or it could be a direction of life empath or an emotional empath or intuitive empath. So knowing what kind of empath you are is very useful to 
work on your self-development to overcome limitations. And so those are just a couple of examples of how these two systems work within the philosophy and utilizing these two systems as the tools helps with what to do and how to do it and when to do it. It's a complete package. Yeah, I have a metaphor that I can bring in here and it's about computers. Back in the day, I don't know if many people do this now, but the, those who lived <laughs> 10, 20 years ago, you would buy a computer and you would upgrade it. Mm-hmm. But in order to know how to upgrade what pieces you need, you would need to know what model you originally bought. So I feel like that's kind of yeah, the same thing analogy. with our bodies. Me being an Aries, I have certain traits where I'm very self-assured. I have a lot of self-confidence. And I think I even mentioned to you last week that it's hard for me to understand people who don't have that because it's just so ingrained in me. It's just natural. Mm -hmm. I didn't really have to learn it, but it's hard for me to try to put myself in somebody's shoes who doesn't have that because I've always had it. Yes. And even utilizing Western philosophy, I'm a Virgo, I'm multiple Virgos in my chart. And that normally brings a lot of uh, perfectionism and uh, they come across as judgmental. But normally they're trying to help their environment to be better. But I had to see that I had to set my strengths aside, such as perfectionism, to be able to relate to people, to be able to communicate with people. So, for example, the way that we're going to get into dissecting how to optimally utilize our astrology and the just philosophy is you take a strength such as perfectionism that could have led me to be very successful in my business, but it would more than likely ruin all of my relationships. So see, for some people, they're going to be content and satisfied with having a professional career. That wasn't going to be the case for me. So although that's the way I utilize my 20s, I started to shift when I started to do self-development work. I saw that I had to set my perfectionism to the side, and many times that comes from repetition, And being willing to practice something so much to where you get better than anyone else at it. But in that perfectionism, you lose the opportunity to learn a lot of different things. And so I was that perfectionism-oriented bass player through my rock bands in my 20s. And I strove to be the best bass player on the planet even. And I put the work ethic into practicing eight hours a day, every single day. But then once I got into self-development, I shifted that to, I want to learn to play at least a hundred different instruments. And I don't need to be a virtuoso on any of them. I just want to be able to make some nice sounds with all of them. So see, I had to let go of some perfectionism to expand my repertoire. And now I play, I don't even know how many different instruments, but I'm not saying I'm a virtuoso at any of them. And that to me is more fulfilling, more content than working to be the best at something and putting so much time into that. So see, it's not better or worse. It's just a change in perspective and that my Virgoism was going to keep me limited in that way, but I was going to get a certain kind of reward. So this is all about getting clear on what you really want your earth experience to be. And everyone has the right to get clear on that, but very few people have been supported in how to see that clarity. And bringing in the astrology helps you to see what the divine's influence was, how you are in the flow of the frequency of life, and everything is frequency. So how do you fit in this math equation rather than how you want to fit 
in this math equation because you may have limited times of success and be like, no, this works, whether you're focusing on manifestation or you're focusing on relationships or you're focusing on making money or whatever. But we bring everything back to the five levels. And there is a physical, a mental, an emotional, an energetic, and a spiritual level. And when either one of those is focused on too much, the others suffer. And so, once again, with this information in the human design in the cards or astrology, it's there in other languages as well. It helps you to understand how you were designed. And then you operate the system by how much you want to expand or how limited you want to be in that design. Again, we're not judging right or wrong, but we do want to be clear that the Just Philosophy and the Wise Wise podcast here is about that expansion and not being limited to anything that has been influenced on you, whether that's the cosmos or whether that's your parents or whether that's your environment. We're suggesting that you can rise above all of that by stepping into your authentic self and working in that flow of life. So I hope that we're getting this across in the way that I've been wanting for a long time to discuss and expand the view on how to utilize these tools. You know, the Gene Keys is another one that is popular. And so there's none that I'm purposely leaving out or none that I'm pointing out. And there's no comparing here. It's just how you want to use the information that is coming from these tools. And to be clear on whether you are really looking for self-development or you're looking for justification of how you are. Again, neither one is right or wrong. So the way we are talking about utilizing this information within the Just Philosophy is really a very constructive approach. It's about realizing how you're made and then deciding what you want to work on. I think some people can get stuck after they realize who they are or read about themselves. They can kind of throw their hands up and be like, well, this is how I am, so love me or hate me. Mm -hmm. Maybe even feed into some of that, like Aries are known to be hotheads, so you can use it to justify your behavior and just be like, well, I'm an Aries. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, see, this gets into what kind of love that you want to be involved with. Because some people say, I want somebody to accept me exactly how I am. And anyone that's listened to any of this podcast knows how how important acceptance is to me and to this work. But if that person is just looking for someone to accept them, they are suggesting that they're not looking to expand or to work on their limitations. And there are people that want to live in that view and there's nothing wrong with that but when that person gets with somebody that does want to work on themselves does want to change their family lineage does want to not be limited by their cosmic makeup see that's going to be a very complex relationship for both parties to find happiness or contentment once again in fleeting moments but there's going to be a whole lot more discord just because of the way that life is approached so Getting clear on that right away of whether you're using astrology to define you and help define you and help to justify you, or you're using it as a map of strengths that would be suggested to set aside because they're already in your weapon belt, so to say. But why wouldn't you want to work on a weakness? Patience is one of the biggest weaknesses for Virgos because they're so intense, But I happen to find that patience serves me in my life so much more than perfection. But see, 
being patient wasn't something that came easy to me. There's other signs that that comes easy for. There's cards and there's human design types that that's easier for. But that wasn't easy for me. So, see, I worked with the friction of life. I leaned into that friction. I practiced patience through discipline and structure that is now in the human design. And now I can at any point be as much of a perfectionist as anyone can. Normally it comes out in my art. Or I can be as patient about it. And I have some songs that's been openly worked on for over 10 years because I'm not in a rush to finish it. It's just this is where I'm at till this point, and then I'll get back to it some other time. I used to not be able to let things go like that. And so, see, that patience has helped me in my profession of sitting to help people navigate through different challenges in their lives because it's not my job to fix them. It's not my job to even to help them. It's my job to just be there to assist them to see what they need to see for themselves. And until you get somebody to see it for themselves, you're not truly being of assistance. For somebody to see it the way I see it isn't going to help them. And it isn't going to help us. And many times with different people of authorities, people will just see it to that point. They'll see it because this other person sees it that way. And that's where it becomes a belief. And so in following this philosophy, it's important for you to prove it to yourself because if you don't prove it to yourself, then you don't carry the vibration. And if you don't carry the vibration, you're not likely to get the results. So that's why this is so far beyond the mental and how you're thinking about something. This is that you're actually encapsulating it in you. In order to encapsulate the energy, you have to practice it. In this work, I like to suggest a hundred times. Not because it has to be done a hundred times, but mainly to give you the perception to quit wondering how long it's going to take. It takes as long as it takes you to quit thinking about how long it takes. And then all of a sudden one day it happens and you do it. And then from that point on, you don't have to do it through structure and discipline. It's part of who you are now and you have created a new pathway so you can look at it as rewiring the mind like we were talking about an upgrade on the computer. You rewire the electrical and the mental components by giving it different pathways in a repetitive motion. Then that becomes the new norm. So that's why I use the number 100, but it's not linear like that. It really takes until you let go of the friction or the resistance to it. And that's why I like to say when you learn to make love with the friction, it stops being frictional. I can definitely vouch for that process you just explained. As many of you know who have been listening throughout all 100 plus episodes, I've shared many of my upgrades. <laughs> um, you and I talk outside of the podcast talk about a lot of concepts i get them on the mental plane like i understand them within the whole structure and discipline of the just philosophy but it's not until i have that experience where it then clicks on all five levels does it make total sense for me and then i can explain similarly to how you explain it to other people but before that it's just a concept i can be like well this is how it makes sense to me but it's not an experience so i haven't proved it to myself Yes, and I think it's very important and that's a great example for people to be able to separate those two, to be able to separate things in that I have this conceptually 
and I'm working on it. I feel like I understand it, but I've still got to practice it more to engrave it. That there is a difference between those two things. And many people are getting confused with just being aware of the concept and being able to agree with the concept. But more than likely, there's something that you don't want to do that you need to go practice for a long period of time. We'll bring in one of the classic sayings of this philosophy, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. And this is where that comes in, that you're willing to work with something that you resist and you accept that the more that I do it, the less that I will resist it. And then there will come a day to where it's no longer resisted as part of who I am. And I want to ask you, do you feel like that you can contest that you can see a difference in the effect that you have with people when you're talking about something that as a concept, I call it a truth. It becomes a truth after you see it as a concept and then you go practice it a hundred times and you see these different results or these similar results if you're moving in that direction and then see that's what becomes a truth is that you've proven it and that's way beyond the concept and I think a lot of spiritual people are struggling because they're stuck in concept and they will even fight over concept but it comes down to know truly what are you practicing remember that anybody that talks about practicing something is normally two things involved structure and discipline and that if they're using a term like practice it's not always what they want to do but they know that it's going to have a reward over time and athletes are some of the people that understand it the most because that is an accumulative skill like most anything else but you've really got to put in the time and you've got to continuously put up the time to stay fit to stay an active competitor and we just want to talk about it evenly on all five of those levels. I would agree with what you said a little earlier. When you have the experience and your body encompasses that vibration, your vibration changes. So then, yes, then you can talk about it outside of the mental. When it's just mental, I feel like you understand it and you think it's going to work, but there's still a little doubt there because you haven't proven it yet. And through my experiences and me also watching other people do this work, I can't express enough how important the practice is that you're talking about, what you mean by structure and discipline. Doing these things over and over again, yes, at first it may not feel like the results are there, but mentally if you really believe or think that it, it's going to help on the mental plane, it's going to take that structure and discipline to get there. Because I see many people, including myself over the past, where when your life is easy and there's not a lot of friction it's so easy to practice these things. But when something really frictional comes into your life that's really challenging, it's so easy to abandon that and be like, oh, it didn't work. Even subconsciously get frustrated and fall into even a depressive state. Mm -hmm. But when you do that, I feel like you're not trusting that the process is going to work or you're even disconnected from pillar one on the spiritual level. So we see this a lot in people, and again, we've experienced this as well, whereas when you're practicing it, when things are good, it's so easy, but we're doing this for the darker times, and if we don't practice it during the darker times, then we're never going to get good at it, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and the point is that we practice this stuff in everyday small things so that when the harder times come, we're prepared for it, and that's the thing is that unfortunately a lot of people – 
focus on it conceptually. They feel like they have it. But then when it comes time to be the example and practice it, they revert back to either their family lineage or their cosmic design of whether that fiery Aries had to come out or that was my family lineage and my dad that I learned that from. The whole point of the self-development work is for you to respond rather than react. And that's what finding your authentic self is about. And every time you react, you realize that you're not doing your work. And anytime you're asking or giving justification for that reaction, that's victim mentality. And anywhere there's victim mentality, and, and by, I want to be clear in my view of that, is that's anytime the words would have, could have, or should have comes up. That shows that you're being a victim. That is a waste of energy. And that energy can be shifted to what did I learn out of those situations? And moving forward, that is not going to happen anymore. Then those situations won't have to continue to happen repeatedly. And I you know, I meet many people that are stuck in certain patterns of certain things happening in their life. And the first question is always, what have you learned from it? And many times the people can't answer that because they haven't even pondered. They just feel like a victim and stuck in, why is this happening to me? That's why we titled our podcast, The Wise Wise, is to stop asking the external why. Why did she do this to me? Why does this happen to me? And turn it internal and ask, why am I allowing this to affect me this way? First of all, what way is it affecting me? Meaning, what emotion is it bringing up? Then, what potentially is this similar to throughout my life? That this situation in the moment is showing me what I am holding on to from my past. And then the work is to learn to respond instead of react to that. That's going to change the vibration of it. And then slowly you work through acceptance of not allowing it to send you into a negative emotional reaction. Anything that wants to grow has to have friction to grow on the earth as far as I've seen. So when you want something to stop, you merely stop giving it attention or friction and it can't live. So see, this isn't being passive. This is very active I've had people challenge me, say, oh, that's just being passive and not speaking up and not making a stand. No, this is very active. It's just internally active of I'm not going to let whatever you say or whatever you do or the government does or whoever does affect my vibration because that's the one thing that we can manage is our vibration. And we manage that by how we allow external people and circumstances to affect us. We get optimal at that by healing our traumas that have happened. We do that through emotional processing, which the Just Philosophy is all about. And we can understand how we properly emotionally process by understanding our design and our cards or our cosmic makeup. Because some situations in childhood, for siblings with the same experience, the same parents, the same childhood can be traumatizing for one and completely not traumatizing at all for another. The only difference is their cosmic design. The parents are the same, the environment's the same, the experiences are the same. But see, the perception of the experience isn't the same. So see, siblings can see their parents differently, and they spend so much time fighting over the view of the parents when 
I just go, yeah, you're correct and you're correct because you're just describing your perception. So let's please stop convincing each other and look at why that is, a deeper why. And now, better yet, what can you do about that trauma? Because more than likely, it's still happening somewhere in your life and you have an opportunity to practice it. And in that situation, both siblings are viewing it through the filter of their makeup that we're talking about today. Yeah, how that situation energetically affected them, which affects the emotions. And and maybe we haven't said that in a while, but the way that this breaks down in the philosophy is the spiritual, everything starts there in doubt. And then the doubt activates the mind, which creates the emotion because the mind is the judge, is the so-called right or so-called wrong. Okay, then it gives a positive emotional reaction or negative emotional reaction. Well, the negative emotional reactions tear down the energetic field, and we're going through the five levels, and the energetic field, when it gets weakened, makes that area of the physical body more vulnerable to injury or illness. And so all these five levels work together, but it's very, very crucial how everything is approached. And so that's what we're working here at the Wise Wise and the Just Philosophy is to give this well-rounded approach of how to truly, optimally find your authentic self, learn to stand in your power, be in the world, and not as negatively affected by the people and the situations of the world. Because we've discussed the three systems, astrology, human design, and the destiny card systems, I wanted to bring in examples of how we can look at an attribute of each and then how we would possibly utilize that within this system to further our growth, how we would spring off from those energetic traits. So with Western astrology, you brought in some of your Virgo traits and how that changed your perspective of that. For me, an Aries, one area where I'm very challenged is caring what other people think of me or being misunderstood. So how would you utilize knowing that is a trait of mine to how I would work on that. Okay, going beautiful. Forward. We're going to take the uh, issue of being misunderstood and understand that right away, a big part of the philosophy is if you're talking to the right person about the right subject at the right time in the right place for the right duration, then there's not going to be any resistance. If there's some resistance, then there's an issue with one of those five things. And you learn through uh, structure, discipline, and acceptance of, oh, I've got to accept. And part of this is practicing patience that for me to accept this person where they're at and me to accept myself where I'm at, there's no comparing here, but we're not in resonance is the only key. And that the less that a person feels rejection or feels misunderstood, the less they're going to have to go through that uh, downward spiral of self-judgment. So that's why the practice is that when you find out that you're trying to prove yourself to somebody, that you pause and you remember that. And it can be useful that the person's talking for you to just go, look around, is this the wrong time? Is this the wrong person? Can this person even get my point of view? Or is this the wrong surroundings? Or have I already been talking about this long enough? And I need to just be pleased with how far the conversation's gone. 
Because, see, when looking for uh, people to relate with us, and that's what so many people, whether they're looking for approval, they're looking for love, it's that relatability. And then the thing is, is that once you find one thing, you want to find another, and you want to find another, you want to find another. And so, see, that seeking is going to bring you to a crossroads of some point to where you're not going to see eye to eye. And so that's where that feeling of rejection is going to come. So learning to find something and be happy to have that, something to connect on. And then as soon as something arises in somebody where there's resistance, that you learn to stop the conversation. Or the way we like to say is the three R's. You recognize it, you respect it, and then you redirect it with another subject or with a question about the other person to realize that maybe in that moment you're wanting too much from the ego standpoint. So the way to nullify that right away is ask an earnest question about the other person and allow them to talk about themselves rather than you explaining yourself more. Yeah, as you went into that, I could clearly see how it really boiled down to ego and which also brought in lack of self-awareness. So if you practice or if I practice being conscious about asking those questions about right place, right time, then I would have an idea going in of where that stood and whether Mm -hmm. I was trying to fool myself or not, but also be gauging it throughout the whole conversation. Just where can I bring an awareness in that situation? So let's just take the subject of conflict in the workplace. And with that, you know, there's five different types of people in the human design. There's manifestors, manifesting generators, generators, projectors, and reflectors. And all five of those process information differently. And then there's also many different aspects, but we bring in the profile types and there's 12 different pairing of numbers for profile. Each one of those profiles is going to react or respond differently to conflict. For instance, there's numbers one through six in the profile. And any five that carries the number, either the five is their first number or second number, they are designed to avoid conflict. So many fives use or learn methods to just avoid any kind of confrontational situation. So very rarely do they get anything resolved. They repeat patterns over and over and over. So the work for the five is to learn to embrace that friction. The key is catching a situation as soon as there's a negative ripple. The longer you let the negative ripple go on or repeat the patterns, the more of the issue it builds to be. So the work is to speak your mind in a loving and communicative way as soon as you can about whatever that conflict is. Because as I said, the longer you let time go on, the more that that's going to build and accumulate. Well, after you have let it accumulate and say that you're at a point about exploding on somebody, then you need to get that out. So in this philosophy, I have a saying of you need to express the emotion to the level it was created, but no one else needs to be part of that. You can do this in nature. Speak it to the wind, the sky, the trees, to Mother Earth. Yell it into a pillow. One of my favorite places to suggest is underwater. Under a body of water, you can say anything that you want to. You can throw your arms. You can kick physically because that's the way to get rid of anger energy is through some kind of physical exertion. So these are 
a wide range of methods, whether you're starting at the beginning of a conflict or you're very deep into it is creating a lot of friction and you need to have a release before trying to communicate consciously. And then remember, as soon as emotions get involved on your side or the other person's side, then my suggestion is that you pick a day and a time to revisit that conversation and be able to leave that conversation and keep everything amicable. Now let's bring in the destiny card system. Maybe we can bring in a situation around codependency in relationships. So this is really a numerology system. It's based off of ancient Egyptian numerology. And so you have from the ace, which is the, the beginning, to the king, which is the overruling or overseeing. The jacks, queens, and kings are considered royalty. That doesn't mean that they're better than anybody, but it means that they come with a certain sense of needing recognition, needing attention, needing respect. And so there's both high energies and low energies with all of these cards. With a subject like codependency, like aces are individuals. They're singular. They like new experiences. So many times... They don't carry very much codependency at all unless there's been a trauma created. So see, here we're talking about the cosmic makeup or influence, but we always have to keep in mind the traumas as well. Through the numerology, twos are some of the most codependent people that there are. Twos means pairings. So a lot of times the the twos, whether it's a two of hearts or a two of diamonds or clubs or spades, they're codependent in that area of whatever that influences, such with hearts, it's relationships. With spades, it's work. So, so see, being codependent doesn't necessarily mean anything negative. We want to get that across because that can also mean that you just enjoy doing things in partnerships. And if you're realistic about that, you can manage that very well. And then multiples of two, the fours, the eights, those can be seen as a little bit codependent in certain areas. So that's one aspect where you can help to understand whether something is a trauma trait or a cosmic trait by where you fit in these numbers. And so I don't carry any codependency numbers in my 10 of clubs and my queen of hearts. Both of those are leader cards. So if I carry codependency, it would be due to a trauma in my life. And when my life partner, Sherry, of 11 years passed, that certainly could have sent me in that direction. And I had to do a lot of healing to not go in a downward spiral of abandonment because that's what can create codependency in a trauma is abandonment. So this is one of the keys to utilizing these systems and in my private practice helping people because understanding whether a a trait is trauma-related or cosmic-related is extremely important because the trauma is something that needs to be processed and worked with and shifted to where the energetic or the cosmic thing is there and it's there for support. And the only reason that it's deteriorating or bad is if it's being abused or overused. So knowing the difference in those two is imperative in one's healing and finding their authentic self. So moving forward, as people look at their own energetic and cosmic designs, which they can book an appointment or get a reading or reports from you, Alexander. Absolutely. Reach out to him at thejustphilosophy.com if you're interested or alexander at thejustphilosophy.com. Yes, that's my email. So if people have their design in front of them and they know what traits they are, 
and they want to work on some of their really strong aspects. Like for me, it could be my quick to be angry if I want to work on that. Would you say that it's looking like the growth aspect is taking the polarity of that? Is that how we would apply this kind of perception? Well, I look at any shift that we want to make um, before making a shift in another direction. Learning to be neutral in the situation is imperative. And many people try to change and they do try to practice the opposite. And I'm not saying that that won't work. I've practiced some of that myself and had to whatever level of success I had. But where I found more success is in finding neutral first, and that is the key to acceptance. So say you're around somebody that angers you because maybe the way they speak and maybe they sound very judgmental or whatever. See, the key first is to realize that you want that person to be different than they are. That's your issue. The very first step is accepting people for exactly who and where they are. If we want to help them and truly help them make a shift, that is a necessary step from my view, that once you get to that acceptance, they feel that energetically. When somebody feels accepted, that's when they're willing to hear a different view. If they don't feel accepted, they're going to feel challenged. And almost no one in my lifetime experience has changed their view from that type of challenge. The ego gets involved. So I hope that that's a a good example of starting with that acceptance. And that means recognizing that you want something to be different than it is. And in the Just Philosophy, we have five pillars to help with this. And the very first one is everything's in divine order, whether I understand it or not. And that's exactly where I would pull from in this situation. As soon as you start to get angered in a certain situation, you need to remember that you're wanting something or someone to be different than it is. And that's going to feel frictional. So the very first step is I've got to accept this person. Again, acceptance does not mean condoning or approving of their behavior or their style or any of that. It simply means you're allowing them to be them because guess what? Almost everybody wants to be who they are rather than everyone else's projections. So see here we're talking about not giving anyone else anything that we don't want to give ourselves. So if we want to give it ourselves, normally that's a good idea, or we want to receive it from other people. It's normally a good idea that we practice that. So to end this episode, I had this cute little visual come into my head of a porcupine. A porcupine is quills, and if anybody tried messing with it, it has that sort of system where it can protect itself Mm -hmm. in a way. It was made with that. So that can kind of be seen the same as like our own energetic makeup, but if something comes and wants to like love it, let's say a cat mm-hmm. wants to make friends with it. If its automatic response is to go to the quills, then it's never going to experience that love. Yes. Right? Well said. Well said because they can lay their quills down and be very, very soft. So that's a great representation of why we want to step more into our authentic selves to make sure that we're receiving the gifts that the universe is offering while accepting that there has to be some friction for us to grow. Just like with the physical body, anyone that wants to get into shape 
does these things. They work with structure and discipline and then making themselves uncomfortable. They work in and through the friction. And that's all we're discussing on the mental level, the emotional level, the energetic level, and the spiritual level as well. I think this has been a wonderful episode. Did you have any more questions or any direction you want to go? No, I was just thinking that it looks like astrology, human design, destiny cards is more than just entertainment. It sure is. It's more than just mental conversation. And that's where a lot of people get stuck and really get their emotions riled just assessing stuff on a mental understanding level instead of a whole process. Because what you will find out is that the majority of people that process anything through the five levels, they don't need to talk about it too much. But they carry a confidence, a vibration that, again, those are the people you learn most from, that you can have very little interaction and walk away with a a lot of expansion because of that experience. So let's get it out of just the mental and make sure that we're working it through all five of these levels and we'll continue to share the step-by-step and ways and how to do that. And if you are curious about getting your cosmic or energetic makeup, reach out to Alexander, alexander at thejustphilosophy.com or visit his website. All right, stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny car reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment it's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.